George Riley right there from London with Tricks off the back of La Perla by Sophia Catasis. My name's Maya Bielik. We're on mornings and it is time to get a little bit of movie news and more with Jen and Andre here on Movies, Movies, Movies. Mm. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies. Hey Jen, hey Andre, what's going on today? Hello, hello. We're cool, just cool. cracking our backs. <laughs> We're doing an abridged version today of the show. Um, in that there's nothing to review and we don't want to review anything negatively anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not, we're, we're over that negative shit. We're over that, we just kept getting texts being like, why are you guys being so bitchy? <laughs> and we thought we better stop being bitchy on air and just start being more bitchy in real life. 100%. So we're not going to force you guys through that. Instead, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes, Ooh. which have noms that have dropped. We're going to talk about Sia. We're going to talk about our Golden Globes that we have invented that we think should have been the actual nomination. that should happen, like, to build the wedge of culture that is between awards ceremony and IRL. And we're going to spotlight some events that are happening in Sydney, including the Japanese Film Festival. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, shall I dip into the movie news uh, sting? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Movie news. That's gossip. Take it away, friends. So House Bunny supporting actress Emma Stone is going to be in a new film with Yorgos Lanthimos. She was famously in The Favourite. Did she win any Golden Globes for that role? All I can think about is how you used uh, House Bunny as a way to bookmark her career instead of Easy A, which I'm glad about. No one talks I mean, about Easy A. Yeah, Easy A destroyed Amanda Bynes, and I'll never forgive it for that. Um, so she's in a new film. It's going to be called Poor Things. And it's based on a book about a woman who I think is going to die. So they implant her unborn fetus's brain into her head. Um, It's a bit of a Frankenstein tale. Sounds like something that's maybe going to be like horrendously recut by like Netflix and just released, Mm. you know, in January next year. I'm sensing a version that's cut by Netflix that no one's going to be happy with. Like Annihilation or something. I haven't got my headphones in, so I couldn't hear you. Did you say the type of filmmaker that Yorgos is? He is a Greek weird mm-hmm. wave. Oh, more importantly, he's a bit silly serious auteur. He's a serious I did silly, write silly serious. Yeah, that's what it is. What does silly serious mean? Weird. Performatively weird. But I think also one that is rigorously analysed by critics and audiences, but deep down is like, this is a joke, this he is just, silly. He just loves, like, a wide shot playing with light, and he, he, like, watched Eyes Wide Shut too many times and gets actors to say their lines mm. so many times so that's monotonous. It's like the opposite of Barry Jenkins who made Moonlight. Like, he's a serious author, and then you have people who are actually a bit silly. Right. Silly serious. Silly serious. So in the Should we give examples? Is that what we're well, doing right so now? in the sense <laughs> that they just get overanalyzed a little bit too hard. Mm, did you ever see the film Phantom Thread by Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, I haven't. It was just like this huge critical darling. And I think deep down he was a bit like, this was a piss take. <laughs> also like on the Do rocks. Do you think Phantom Thread was called Phantom Thread? Not because of the thread, but because he, like the best shot in that is a phantom shot. And a phantom shot is famously a shot taken from the front of a car while it's moving. Or a train. Or a train, famously. Famously a train. Thank you, Pina. <laughs> 
So, moving on to something less important than this. Okay. Uh, the Golden Globes and the nominations that have been announced. The uh, GGs. Which has created a lot of controversy because of who they left out. Famously, the Golden Globes always leave out someone important and everyone's missing out uh, but on people, snatching a trophy. I feel like usually there's like a list. Sorry, did I cut you off? You did, but that's okay. I love that. Famously, there's always like a list of people left out, but I feel like everyone's really come behind one person that has been left out in this year's awards. Who is Michaela Cole, writer, director, star... EP of I May Destroy You. Which, which the two of you reviewed last year to a rave review. It's probably the we're only thing the I remember we're from all best. of last year, mm. really. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because the f- show is really about not remembering. Woofed. That's an analysis I've ever heard one. But anyway. It was left out from the Golden Globes and people are kicking up a fuss because on the other side of the spectrum, Emily in Paris was nominated for two major awards prompting one of the writers from Emily in Paris to write an op-ed <laughs> about how say. BS it is it's just for such her a, bad show. But it's just such a, like, it's so funny that out of everything, Emily in Paris and I May Destroy are being put up against each other when there's all of these other slippery shows like The Crown and Shit's Creek that slide on through without critique. Well, people are forgetting about those two shows, though, and what's important to talk about with I May Destroy and Emily in Paris is that they operate in a world of, like, imaginary realism. Like, I May Destroy is based on real experiences, yeah. it's very auto-fiction, but it is uh, surreal in a way that people have addressed, actually, to be honest. Like, there are lots of elements to it of fantasy, n- nightmares, well, dreaming, just, imagination. That, they're just both... Oh, no, go. Which is what I think Emily in Paris is as well. I think Emily in Paris is, like, a weird, surreal, like, twinky drama. Well, they're just both about traumatised social media famous people. Oof, that's a read. There that should be a is... Golden Globe for best performance of that sort. Oh, my God. And then on top of that, we've also got Sears Film Music, which is up for two major awards in the musical comedy section, uh, which has prompted more backlash for the backlash that has already occurred towards Sears uh, about how problematic the film is. But Maddie Ziegler has been left out from the nominations, and instead we're looking at Kate Hudson, to quote Jen, came from Goldie Horn's womb <laughs> and is up for a Best Actress nod, which I think is telling because she is a good actress there i said it but kate hudson has really avoided any kind of critique in this movie too i i truly has i want to touch on that because that she does kind of seem like the one person of the whole ordeal that's remained unscathed and it's worth uh reiterating that in the wake of sia's nominations for music she kind of did a really half-ass apology and then deleted her twitter seemingly making that apology redundant so do with that information what you will, but we are saying it's a bit inappropriate. It's super inappropriate. But what's interesting about Kay Hudson and this whole situation is that the film is actually about her. So people are levelling very fair complaints about the film, but Kate Hudson, who is a carer in the film, is actually the crux of the film. And mm. it should have been just about her and not even featured the botched, problematic you know, writing of mm. the music character. And if it had been called Kate Hudson as a title... I would have loved that, and it would have been a far better film, and it would have more Golden Globe nominations, in my opinion. Yeah, and it would have, what, totally missed the whole uh, key part of the story, that Mm. looking at someone who is less able than you, you should Mm kind of take them as inspiration. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I also feel like Kate Hudson embodies what the Golden Globe looks for in a winner in the best musical comedy category, and that is being an actor that can't sing, that does it anyway. Oh, I love that. I love that about her. That's my favourite quality about Kate Hudson, is that she refuses to not 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 sing. (laughs) 
We have written up our own nominations for films. But that... before we get to those, okay, let's tease bye, this. Bye. Come on. Let's tease we'll... it a little bit. Draw it out. Jen and Andre have come up with their own Golden Globe nominees. And I've, I'm reading them and I think they're, they're pretty apt. So I'm going to not let them give them to you just quite yet. We're going to dip into another track right here on Movies, Movies, Movies. Come back, check out their nominees for their own Golden Globes, their fantasy Golden Globes right here on FBI. I just quit my day job. I ain't looking back till I'm out of cash asking for my job back. Housemate just got laid up. Who's gonna pay the rent? Oh, my favorite spend on you. First week's paycheck came in. It's gotta last me till the weekend. I'm so used to spending all of my money on one weekend. Asking for my job back. Forever Jobless right there, out of Sydney, following the eviction song. My name's Maya Billick. I'm joined by Jen and Andre on Movies, Movies, Movies here on FBI Radio. And if you were just listening, you would have heard uh, us talking about the shaky uh, Golden Globe nominations. And in response, Jen and Andre have come up with their own nominees and have you figured out who would win in your fantasy? Oh, yeah. Kind of. I mean, they're more Absolutely. suggestions. I think they're more suggestions of awards we'd like to see and suggestions of who we'd like to win them from last year. But I really want to hear from the text line who people think. So we'll say the first few and then we'll okay. have a discussion about them and then we'll reveal the actual winners. 
Oh, Love it's it. fast turnaround from nominee <laughs> to winner in the space of five minutes. So we the first award, the first trophy goes to most promising young actor five years out of university. The second one, most exciting use of inventive documentary that wasn't Agnes Varda plagiarism. Best face shopping, best use of turbulence in a scene to erase Andre's fear of flying. Cheapest film that felt expensive. Most spiritual but least religious film. Best virtual world crossover, like when Homer goes 3D in The Simpsons. Best film that didn't have Chloe Grace Moretz. Best film that could have restored Tiffany Haddish's past glory. Most delicious villain. Most interesting use of SWM, which is straight white male. Most respected animal in a movie. And biggest impact for supporting character in a film. Damn, this is a long list. It's a long list for all of our long listening audiences. One thing that I think we are missing on those awards is best breakdown. We haven't thought about that, but if anyone breakdown. can think of like an like amazing on screen meltdown, breakdown, Ooh. Julianne Moore style, Ooh. text that in. True, true, true. 0409 is the number. Let's do a quick recap. We went through them quite quickly. We definitely did. Most promising act- young actor, five years out of university. Most exciting use of inventive documentary that wasn't Agnes Varda plagiarism. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, best face shopping. Love this one. Uh, best use of turbulence in a scene to erase Andre's fear of flying. Cheapest film that felt expensive. Most spiritual but least religious film. Best virtual world crossover. Best film that didn't have Chloe Grace Moretz. Best film that could have restored F- Tiffany Haddish's past glory. Most delicious villain. Most interesting use of straight white male. Uh, most respected animal in a movie. Again, amazing. And biggest impact for supporting character. 0409-945-945 is the number. Let us know what you're thinking. Jen and I were thinking that maybe this award show could be open to any film from any year. I declined. Oh. I said we must stick oh. to the calendar year of 2020, despite the train wreck nature of it. But <laughs> I just think we're over fast fashion. And if exactly. a film is relevant in like 10 years afterwards, then we should give it the awards it deserves. Totally. Let's not canonize based on year. That is a stupid concept. Art is forever. Art is forever. And also, I just learned yesterday, I found this amazing Filipino film that I will recommend and drop here. It's called... Why is Yellow the Middle of the Rainbow? It's a Filipino film that took 10 years to make from 1983 to 1993, and it invented a whole new genre of documentary called The Never-Ending Documentary, which is essentially what everyone's going to have to go and do with their Instagram stories right now. Which could possibly be a contender for cheapest film that felt expensive at our Golden Globes. Damn. Don't you think, Jen? Yeah. I love it. Okay. Third World Projector presents. All right, all right. So how should we keep going? Should we... Do a spotlight of some events happening in Sydney first. Go to a track. What do you vibe in, Maya? What's on your menu today? I reckon let's keep the people... Let let your text fly in. Who you're thinking would be nominated for Jen and Andre's Golden Globes. <laughs> we'll go to a cheeky track and then maybe we reveal the winners and then head into a bit of spotlight. Cute. That's nice. I like that. There you go. Your little menu for what's happening over the next 10 minutes right here on Movies, Movies, Movies. On FBI, this is a bit of Youth Lagoon for you, Cannons.
FBI Radio, Youth Lagoon, throwing it back a little bit just for Andre. Cannon's right there from their brilliant uh, record. We're on Movies, Movies, Movies. Jen and Andre have come up with a fantasy Golden Globes and they are about to reveal the winners. Jen, Andre, take it away. From the bottom, biggest impact for supporting character, Jen. Laverne Cox in Promising Young Woman. Sorry, I'm just jumping straight to it. I don't do any of this, like, tiptoeing and, like, ad break. It's the Super Bowl today, isn't it? It's the Super Bowl today. Fantasy football? Fantasy awards? What is the correlation? I've got no idea. Most respected animal in a movie is obviously the cow from First Cow. Yeah, the cow in First Cow. I'm so happy to give it to this cow. That cow was so respected. It gave great milk. It was generative, Unlike the most interesting use of a straight white male, Elizabeth Debicki in Tenet. I know. Who we still have beef with because she didn't help us during a car crash. Yes, that's right. Three years in the running. Bystanders are just as impactful as the villains. What do you mean by didn't help you in a car crash? That's a story How many times for can another we talk time. about this on air? We've oh spoken about it way too many times. The most delicious villain. Again, so, hang on, sorry. Andre, I'm not schooling you again, but it's Debitsky. Debitsky! Debitsky! Oh, la, la. oh my god. <laughs> Um, okay. Oh my gosh, there's so much Polish heritage in this show. <laughs> I love it. Most delicious villain, Margaret Thatcher, or the boat. In Let Them All Talk. That cruise ship. I was thinking about you the oh whole time, Jen. You would have that... been spewing on that boat, on that Steven Soderbergh shoot. You would not have been able to handle that cruise. Yeah, like that time that I went out to the Great Barrier Reef and they wouldn't let me vomit over the edge of the boat, so I had to vomit in my own towel. I am so sorry that happened to it's you. It's okay. Best film that could have restored Tiffany Haddish's past glory. What happened to her fame? I felt like she was the moment for I just a loved moment. Bad Trip, and I really, like, confused at how... I'm, look, I don't want to take anything away from Borat 2. It came when it needed to. But, you know, give awards to Borat 1. Give awards to Bad Trip 1. So we said Tiffany Haddish should have been in Warwick Thornton's The Beach. It would have been so funny yeah. if Warwick was having a spiritual journey and then Tiffany just rocks up with like a beach ball and some Eat, billabongs. <laughs> Eats of all his Sambal Belichan. Best film that didn't have Chloe Grace Moretz, On the Rocks by Sophia Coppola. She should have rocked up in that New York comedy as the annoying niece, I think. She yeah. would have been fantastic in that role. Chloe Grace Moretz is famously Bill Murray's granddaughter. Best Wait, virtual. Is she actually? No. Oh. Best virtual world crossover like when Homer goes 3D. Jenny came up with this. Yeah. The Charlie's Angels reunion on the Drew Barrymore Slow show. Slow down. Okay. Slow down. Charlie's Angels reunion on the Drew Barrymore show. Is best virtual crossover. Ooh. Like when Homer goes 3D. Like when Homer goes 3D. Which would actually win that award if we were doing No Years. Describe this to me in 25 words. Please, less. What do you mean? About the Charlie's Angels reunion that totally wiped away the yes. remake from our brains. Yes. You're talking about... When they came on the Drew Barrymore show and none of them were in the same room, but they all looked like they were sitting in the same room. They were all in the same room, sweetie. It was all one studio. No, it wasn't. Up for discussion. No! You you said it was the Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama chat where it looked like they were in the same room. Which they weren't. That was all green screen. Most spiritual, but least spiritual, least religious, excuse me, film, Kajillionaire. You think Kajillionaire? Definitely. That was a spiritual film without any religious overtones. Yeah, that was a very spiritual film. The soap coming down the walls. Cheapest film that felt expensive, Happiest Season, the Kristen Stewart lesbian drama. Which I didn't think looked that expensive. You didn't think it would look expensive? No, I think Dan Levy, like, immediately takes the price down. I felt like KSG would have made the price go up. Damn. 100%. But she's making the price go up on the Diana movie. It's a balancing act. Best use of turbulence in a scene to erase Andres for a flying kajillionaire again, which iconically had... What? The use of turbulence in that movie. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah. One thing that I will say is, like, 
think about turbulence makes me think about Red Eye, which makes me think about Personal Shopper, which makes me think that the Art Gallery of New South Wales has the earliest filmmaker, abstract filmmaker, this year coming in June, Hilma A.F. Clint, who is the painter that Kristen Stewart gets obsessed with in Personal Shopper and I think is the best use of over-the-shoulder iPhone footage in a movie. Which wow, you... Jen, we've lost our entire audience to this. Well, I don't know. If anyone's seen that movie, you can stare into an iPhone on screen for like 10 minutes in that movie and not get bored. You would love that. Best face shopping is <laughs> obviously going to The Girls in Pen15. The Girls in Pen15. Best face shopping without any face shopping. It's not face shopping. They're just sliding into the 13-year-old clubs without any Are you going to read all of these awards? Do I get to read a single award? Oh, I wrote sorry. these damn awards. Okay. This was my idea. You're okay. really steering the ship okay, here. Jungle. Most exciting use of invented documentary that wasn't Agnes Varda plagiarism. Actually, you wrote that award. Are we going to say bad oh, trip again? Oh, it was bad trip again. Yes, bad trip. <laughs> Is this segment falling flat? I can't tell. Never. Most promising a- young actor, five years out of university. Bonus points if they didn't even finish their degree. Glory Bossy. 100%. Oof. Sydney Bates actress. Shout out. Happily called an actress. Can we change our names from film lords to film tricks? Film, Film tricks. tricks, all right, yeah. consider it done. Film tricks right here. If you've just tuned in on FBI Radio, this is Movies, Movies, Movies with Jen and Andre and me, Maya Billick, here on Mornings. We're going to dip into a little spotlight action, I believe. Spotlight. Movies, movies, movies. No context spotlight. Let's bring the context in. <laughs> so that is a live recording, probably illegal, inside Temple Time, which is upstairs at Cement Fondue. You could miss it. You could walk around that whole gallery show. I had to ask where it was. There's no arrows. Oofed. I love sneaky curation. You don't even know where the work is in the gallery. <laughs> 100%. And then they brag about that. No, it's amazing. You can go sit on some camp chairs in a green room and watch Temple Time, which is like a ghost tour inside an old haunted cinema. Masonic Temple. Masonic. Is it a Masonic Temple? Same thing, basically. <laughs> By Ryan Trekhart and Lizzie Fitch, the two literal diva queens of video art. We want to ask our listeners what we should ask them because we're interviewing them in two weeks' time and we just don't know what to ask literally the most famous young artists in the video art world, in the video art game. And if you don't know what to ask them, you should go check out their show at Cement Fondue. It's part of Attention Tourist. Or like yeah. a million films that we could recommend you on their Vimeo, like... Go see Santa Jenny starring Aubrey Plaza. What would you recommend? I mean, Abbey Area is on YouTube and so accessible, so I would and definitely go for that first. I love Junior Wars, where he uncovered this night vision tape of like a high school party where they just smash a bunch of letterboxes and throw toilet paper over all the trees. It's Ryan, Trey Carton and Lizzie Fitch. Go check them out on the internet. And we also want to spruce the JFF, which is 
the Japanese Film Festival happening at the AGNSW, which is the Argyle New South Wales. Jen, give us the details. It's all free. There's a great lineup, but I will tell you that a lot of it's sold out already. Oh, damn. Oh. You can go and book your tickets online. Hurry, hurry. Hurry, hurry. I love that, TT. Um, the lineup includes Tetsuo the Iron Man, Haosu, which <gasps> I think is actually sold out. I really want to No offense, see that. but you can't. I mean, this is the most obvious choice to put on a Japanese film festival lineup, but I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine absolutely with it. fine with it. Give I'm... the people what they want. I just want some spectacle this year, honestly. I think the director of Haosu died last year. Is that true? I think so. Wait, let me look it up live on air. This is some live research happening. Talk about Funeral Parade of Roses. And I'm like, not. Look, I'm on a little panel on the Funeral Parade of Roses, which is an amazing, amazing 1960s queer film um, about some trans women who work in a little club and perform Oedipus live on air and, you know, just get trashed and listen to the Beatles with Benji Ra and Charlotte Mars, moderated by um, Maya Howe, and it's sold out so you can't come, but I'm really excited for it. And I've been diving into Toshio Matsumoto's like back catalogue and if you're interested in what he's about you can just go on YouTube and they're all like four minute eccentric experimental movies that you can just dive into and get obsessed with it is confirmed uh, Nobuhiko Abayashi the director of House did die last year 2020 really took some of the greats and his film House is playing at the Japanese Film Festival hopefully it hasn't sold out yet but as Jen said it is selling out so we're going to see him on some memorial cards at the Oscars or get angry if he's not there they're probably going to be too busy you know trying to figure out what happened to Ford versus Ferrari because that <laughs> film died after 2020 let's be honest oh no <laughs> and that's all we have for today folks next week we will have a traditional show where we watch some traditional movies or maybe in a fortnight it'll be in a fortnight it'll be in a fortnight that's why we're doing this catch up right right, right right fair enough fair enough Jen Andre love your work kiss um, kiss right back at you <laughs> <laughs> If you want to catch up on all things movies, movies, movies related, all you got to do is look up FBI Radio wherever you get your podcasts from and movies, movies, movies will be right there. Or you can listen back at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on Mornings with my Billick. Everything is there from the 10.15, 10.20 mark. I think that's it. See you next time. Thanks for having us. Jenna Andre will be back in a fortnight. Here is the Lounge Society with Burn the Heather. You're an FBI. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.